right now, there's a discussion going on about having men take a paternity test and pay child support all the way back to conception. But what happens if the child isn't yours? We've had stories about that before on the Black Prospector Show. About part of this story where now this guy shows up. And so he says to you that, and, and I don't know if you made it clear. I hope I didn't miss it. Did he say to you, I could be the father? Because it sounded like he said, I was seeing her at the same time. And then y'all, they all came into the house and y'all started chopping it up. No, he said, he confirmed. He says, no, well, she told me that the baby is mine. Mm. Because, because he had been seeing her. I had no idea who this person was. Um, we have another one about to come at you now. So let me welcome you to the Black Prospector Show. I'm the Black Prospector. And today we're going to talk about a serious topic. Uh, I'm glad to have another man uh, come forward. And he wanted to share his story after hearing the story of Christopher. And you'll be able to find the link to Christopher's story. I guess we'll probably say it'll be right here. You'll be able to find the link to Christopher's story. I'll also put it down in the box below. And I want to say to any other men out there, if you have a story that you want to share that involves maybe some paternity fraud, that involves raising a child that perhaps you later on will find out isn't yours, let me know, and I would like to feature you on the show because these stories aren't often told. And it's often told from a narrative that Papa was a Rolling Stone, wherever he laid his hat was his home. But yet, when we're talking about mothers, it's, I'll always love my mama. She's my favorite girl. You only get one, you only get one. Yeah, can't play that song because of course we get a copyright strike. But today, I'm going to introduce you to Jose. And the thing about Jose's story is that it has a lot of detail in it and it goes, let's say, a lot longer. Uh, if, if we had Christopher's story, which was kind of like, we'll just say one segment of a half hour sitcom, even though it wasn't funny, we're going to say Jose's story is the whole entire series. So the thing about Jose's story, it also features a little bit about the military. And let me give a shout out to Terrence Pop. Uh, Terrence Pop actually is from my old home state. And the thing I love about Terrence Pop's uh, YouTube channel, definitely go check him out, is the fact that he tells stories, uh, especially after what he went through in his marriage, and has a lot of stories in there about military men. And while I wasn't in the military, you all know I, my brother is on here often. Uh, I think that their story really needs to be told because when you have so many guys that you're dealing with, they end up really having. Uh, a kind of a lot of things that are going on and they have circumstances that they have to deal with that is certainly, we'll just say, um, it's, it's a lot more than what the civilian world has to deal with. For example, if I remember correctly, traditionally after 10 years in cases of spousal support, I think the wife would get lifetime spousal support, uh, certain things like that. And certainly when it comes to paternity, they are at a much more vulnerable position than guys in the civilian world. So as you listen to Jose's story, and certainly even for the guys in the military, if you want to ever reach out, definitely reach out to me at blackprospector at gmail.com. Definitely, I would love to maybe feature you on the show. 
we can talk about it. Um, because a lot of men have a lot of stories that they tell as they got married, before they went off into the military or before they went off and got deployed, shall I say. And then the next thing you know, there's a reason why there are so many songs for decades being made about a dude named Jody. And if y'all aren't up on Jody, you can go back and listen to some old songs by the player players from the Himalayas that were making songs about Jody having your old lady while you were gone. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Jose. I'm going to let him talk about himself and he's going to go ahead and give you the background. Hold on. I'm going to try to keep quiet on this one um, because there are some details that I'm slightly familiar with, but I don't know the whole story. But Jose is going to lay it down. So you get to find out. You get to find out a lot of details that I'm finding out for the first time. And I'm going to try to throw in some questions to him. But otherwise, I'm going to just let this ride. So hold on. And Jose, I'm going to bring you to the forefront. What's going on, man? Hey, hi, hi. Good afternoon, man. How you doing today? And Brother, I'm good. Everybody that's out there listening. I'm good. I'm hoping I don't get depressed after hearing what you have to say. I won't say depressed. I'll say pissed off because these stories do piss me off, to be totally honest with you. But um, feel free, man. Introduce yourself. And, uh, you know, really, I'm going to let you jump right into it. And I'm going to just throw in with some questions here and there as you go. So, uh, again, thank you for having me uh, once again. Uh, I appreciate the the opportunity to do this and uh after listening to chris's story uh you know one thing i explained to you you know when we were doing our uh our, our, our precursor is that the mind is a beautiful thing and, and this is going to come into my story so bear with me uh the mind is a beautiful thing so when you sometimes when you experience a significant uh emotional event or a traumatic event uh some sometimes the way that you you deal with it is to not acknowledge it or uh, you forget it. Um, and then something again, reminds you of it or, and and so everything kind of comes back to the forefront. <clears throat> so the story I'm kind of going to tell you, there's some incidents that happened that were kind of, you know, I would say, you know, uh, emotionally traumatic. And so, when I was explaining to people that I could not remember the details, I wasn't really, I wasn't lying, uh, trying to do damage control. I literally at that time, because the proverbial crap hit the fan, I literally had forgotten a lot of details. So something like I said, sometimes you hear a story similar to Chris's and then things start popping up and that's what happened here. So I figured I'd go ahead and tell it. Might've had an opportunity and uh, the, the, and you provided the the uh the front to do that so 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 thank you thank you man thank you so you know I, i'll say um man uh how did it begin what what as as i guess we say on every black man has a story jose tell us your story um okay is this one is it really starts out as something that a lot of, first of all, I was, I was in the military. So this is the one thing that I would, you know, if I'm going to asterisk things a long way about, you know, what would I tell young guys? Cause normally I don't remember it after we get done talking. You know, so I'm throwing asterisk on this. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of going to be like a, a preacher and, and give his text up front. 
I might say it twice, but chances are I'm only going to say it once. No, but here's a key point. Your friends uh, who let you do dumb shit, they're not your friends. So I'm in the military. Uh, I go to Korea and I get reassigned back to Texas. So I'm in that transition. I'm in that transition period where I'm going through what we call reception station. And what that is, is when you get to a major base, you kind of stay there for a little while until they, they get you in process, you get all your equipment, and then they farm you out to whatever unit needs you or the unit that you're assigned to. So in this particular case, I had just come back from Korea uh, and I got sent to Texas. And so I'm at, uh, I'm at the, the uh, replacement unit and I'm there with a whole bunch of other brothers. And like I said, we were kind of doing a thing. And I think it was over holiday weekend when we first got there. So we had no really choice but, you know, to interact with each other. And there's some cool cats. Uh, one was from Atlanta. The other one was from uh, Vadosa, Georgia. Uh, I can't remember. They ended up being, you know, pretty long-term military friends. Uh, but that will come later as well. <clears throat> so what ended up happening the significant is all these guys were single and here i am you know i'm married with ch with with children and my family's not with me uh i'm i'm going to another military installation to get settled and, and set up before i bring them forward and i'm hanging with these young guys who are single and so we're barbecuing and we're just doing you know what what, what brothers do you know we're bonding but then, because I had a vehicle, I was the only one with a vehicle at the time, because I had a vehicle, if they wanted to go out, I was the, kind of the one that was taking them wherever they needed to go. So I started clubbing with young guys who were single. And you know what you do when, you, when, you, when people start doing dumb shit and, and you're with them? You start doing dumb shit, even though you're not a dummy. So uh these guys were chasing you know doing young guys you know single guy stuff and i fell into that now at the time you know i was probably 25 years old you know i was, I was young uh but you know to give you a background on me i had already been married uh six years you know seven six years or so i've already had you know i had two kids uh, I was married, you, you know, I was kind of ahead, ahead of my time on, 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 in, in, in terms of family. So I get out there, I'm hanging with these cats and I get caught up in the game. And it wasn't that I thought I was a player is because I was hanging with cats who were playing. So, you know, you know me, I never had game. I got no game game, you know, no big deal. So let me back up and bring this full circle. When I was in Korea, because uh, I want to I want to want to talk about female friends. Uh, when I was in Korea, um, essentially, I was a geographical bachelor. So I lived in a uh, multi-gender barracks. So Males and females shared the same floor uh, in, in, our, in our barracks. And uh, I became friends with a lot of a lot of people there. But uh, some of the ladies there, 
you know, they knew me. They knew I was married. They knew of my wife. They knew my wife. Uh, no big deal. So when they would say, hey, Jeff, do you want to come by the room and watch a movie? You know, I'm like, yeah, OK, whatever. And so nothing transpired, uh, you know, with, with those relationships beyond just watching a movie. You know, I, I was naive in the, the idea that I was off limits. And well, because. Can I ask just one question real quick? Go ahead. <clears throat> you were Netflix and chilling back when it was Blockbuster. Well, yeah, if you want to call it that, because we know everything we was rolling with at the time was VHS. Right. But you didn't know. Do you think that the ladies had the intention uh, that they had that they that because you didn't have game, did they want to hook up with you? But they were just throwing it out there as a possibility. Or do you think it was just really literally platonic because that's how y'all were in the military? I think in some cases it was strictly platonic. Now, again. And in some cases, I knew that they were throwing it out there, but because I was married, they and and anything about it is so you know some people tell me that I'm 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 unreadable. Uh, my naivety towards the game didn't make me realize that they were fishing. Mm-hmm. So because they were throwing bait and I wasn't biting, they assumed that I wasn't, you know. I wasn't kicking it like that. So, you know, like I said, nobody ever came out. And here's and here's a beautiful thing. Every, you know, all the women that I talk about, you know, in that scenario, all of them except one never came out and said anything outright. The only time one ever said one outright, and I'm going to tell you what happened. Her and her roommate, uh, we were real good friends. And they were both going to the club. And they said, hey, Jose, uh, if you don't mind, we're going to give you one of our room keys. That way, if we get split up at the club, uh, if one of us comes back to the barracks, we can, we'll get the key from you. And if we both come back together, we know we got one key. We'll get your key. We'll get our key tomorrow. I say, cool, whatever. So, you know, it's one or two o'clock in the morning and one of the ladies came. Home. And so she knocks on the door. And I'm like, OK, they come to get their key. We're friends. I get out of the bunk in my underwear and I go to the door with the key. Because I already know who it is. Who the hell is knocking on the door at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning? And so I open up the door and I just, Kathy. And so Kathy's there. She's like, hey, Jeff, you know, um, uh, Carmen's still at the club, this, that, and the other. I came home. I said, okay, bet. Here's your key. And she said, I need you to do me a favor. I'm like, what you need? She's like, I need you to come down to my room real quick. I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, let me throw on some sweatpants. She's like, no, you don't need to put on those sweatpants, you know. And, and so that's kind of hot. And I'm like, man, I ain't walking down the hall, you know, in a slip, you know, in underwear. Let me put pants. So I go down to her, I throw my sweatpants on. I go down to her room. And then she propositioned me. So now I'm like, no, we can't do this. Because you drunk. Now, see, this is one thing I, I you know, I, I did have the mind uh, uh, of other incidents with other people that some things I wasn't going to get caught up in. And then one thing was I never messed with a woman who was drunk. So she was drunk. 
So I was not going to take any liberties with her because in the morning, if she had any regrets, she was going to be the victim. And the military always saw if there was an ounce of alcohol involved, she was the victim or he was the victim because it cut both ways with alcohol. The military was real strict. Uh, so if there's alcohol involved, it was automatically a rape or, you know, the R word, no if, ands, or buts about it. So, you know, I was like, yeah, if, you know, I'm not going to engage in that one. So, so she ended up getting mad at me about it, but that was the only overt uh, proposition uh, when it came to female friends. And after that, you know, because she put me in that position, we weren't really cool after that. And I don't know if it's because she was salty because I turned her down. Uh, <laughs> now, a female scorn is a bad thing. I'm going to come back. You know, that's going to come up later as well. So that was kind of a learning experience for me was, uh, you know, yeah. So go ahead and ask your question. No, I, I mean, I was just going to say that I, I think one of the things I, I tell my sons all the time is that. I wish we as men were a lot more, I'll say, discriminating about our time and understand the value that our time has as women do, because women don't really give you an opportunity to waste their time. So either your game was so weak that you were just completely friend zoned by these ladies where they, you know, kind of like you the gay friend and they don't really care because they know you're not going to try to get with them, which no guy that straight wants to be in that position or B, they were willing to spend time with you. Because if a woman spends time with you, women don't like rejection. So, yeah, they're not going to be overtly coming on to you until it gets to the point where she probably was like, I just got to make the move. This dude moving too slow. Let me do it. <laughs> Most women aren't going to be that way. So I'm kind of wondering, even though you were blockbuster and chilling, probably a lot of those ladies did want to get with a brother. Exactly. So so that kind of takes me to my next. So anyway, there was a young lady there uh, again, another young lady. And. and you know, she and I always talked Then we talked about intimate stuff and it just never occurred to me that our conversations were whatever to her. So never did anything. She, she always, oh, we just said, you want to swing by? I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, or whatever. I was always too busy. And so I never, you know, interacted with her on, on that really on a, you know, a movie level, if you will. So moving forward. I'm in Texas. I'm hanging with the fellas and, you know, we're having barbecues and we're having parties and I'm, I'm in this that, and the other. And I, I got my own house and my wife and my kids aren't there yet. So I'm just doing bachelor stuff. So whatever we're doing, we're doing. <clears throat> and there was a young lady that I met. Uh, she was in the military and, you know, she's just in the band cool or whatever you know uh we just started talking you know initially there wasn't nothing to it i wasn't chasing or anything like that. it was just we just started talking but like i said looking back this is the reason why this whole thing is significant we're just talking we're just friends there's nothing going on one day i'm in a barrack or yeah i was in the barracks whatever uh at the time i still be the army felt that because I didn't have my family with me, I still need to have a place to live. So not only did I have a house, and a, you know, a, a off base, I had a barracks, a room in the barracks. 
And the only thing in it was a wall locker and a dresser and a desk and a bed. Well, one day I was talking to, uh, what do I want to call her? Uh, let's call let's let's call her Patricia. Okay. So one day I'm in a room. I'm talking to Patricia, and there's a knock on the door. And I'm like, all right. So I go open the door. I open the door, and it's Sandy. Sandy is the same chick from Korea who I never watched a movie with that we always talk, right? So now Sandy and Patricia meet. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. We're just kicking it. Well, what I did not realize then was there was a conf- there was going to be a conflict between these two women. But right now, I'm not a player. I'm not in the game. Okay. I'm just I'm just a, I'm just an observer in the stands watching the games be played. Okay. As time goes on, uh Patricia and I get closer and closer and closer. Here's what happened. We go out, me and all the fellas, and you know, we tell you know, I tell Patricia, hey, we're going to the club, you know, XYZ. I'm gonna be there with all my boys. Uh if you got some girls or whatever you know ride through and that's what she did so she brought a whole bunch of you know females that you know she worked with i brought the cats that i was rolling with at the time and we all met the club and we had the club just having a good time everybody's dancing with everybody but somehow me and patricia end up gravitating you know together i would like to say that the amount of uh, libations that I consumed that night played a particular role in my inhibitions and the, the, the my poor decision making. Eh, I'm going to chalk it up as I was immature and I was doing dumb shit because I thought I could get away with it, you know. So long story short on that one, me and old girl went back to her place and we kicked it. Okay. Um, so that just, really, just, yeah, go. just to be clear to our audience, when you say you kicked it, you really did chill. You got in them draws. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. For the ungame, it might be kicked it. Y'all went back and y'all talked. No, 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 no. And, so, you know, we, we, okay. we, 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 we did a, a, a adult things. Okay. And, and so then that, that started. That was the beginning of uh, my my affair with this young lady. And so that was back in 1994. Okay. I have to throw a date out there because this is a long-term, long-term mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kicked it. Uh, one of the things that is, is significant now that we know at the time it wasn't was she was a single parent. Mm. And she had, she already had a daughter, you know, and, you know, I, I kind of here, here's here's the thing about young dudes and they're when they start to, to start chasing after women. So now, OK, let me let me say this. So now I'm that guy that was sitting in the bleachers. One of the players got injured and they said, hey, we need somebody to fill in. Uh, I'm going to take that guy. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the game. I'm playing the game. 
but I am not a player. All right. I am not a player. So, but I, but I've watched enough basketball to think that I, I you know, that I got skills <laughs> and, and I don't. So I'm, 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 I'm outmatched. But anyway, uh, one of the things that was significant, and this is very significant, is her, her, she had a daughter and she explained to me that her daughter of four years old, I think at the time, maybe five, her daughter was the the result of a of, of a uh a, a sexual assault by her at the time boyfriend mm. and you know uh, we were cool we were friends or you know i thought we were friends and so you know that was the reason why that information came up that we could have those type of intimate discussions uh so it wasn't a big deal because at the time when she told me that she was not on my radar screen as a, you know, uh, a trophy. Well, when that time finally came up, you know, when the club time came up and, the, and I had been drinking, all the stuff that she had told me in the past was completely gone because she was nothing more than a female at that mm -hmm. particular point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, so anyway, moving forward, you know, so now we have established that, you know, it's convenient. Uh, she's single. She, you know, she has a a, a, a young child. Uh, you know, my family isn't with me. Uh, I only I, I had not only do I have a barracks room, but I also have my own place uh, that my family is going to be moving into here. So, you know, and, and so we were kicking it. And so what I thought was gay and my naivety was I was nothing more than a male side piece okay here's the reason why I am married she is single so what she did and, then, and this is this true pimp play a game is what she did was she gave me uninhibited access to her in the beginning Right. Uh, so I'm like, cool, you know, like, you know, she, my ego was stroked and I fell into the trap. Mm -hmm. Where I, the first red flag that came up, <clears throat> um, and I don't really know how to address this uh, on public television. You know, I know we ain't on PBS. But the first time the red flag came up was she was she was doing an, an oral act and I laughed. And she got so mad oh. and she's like, why did you laugh? And so I had to come up something like, ah, oh, you know, you just reminded me of a deaf comedy jam or something that where a dude said that it was so good that it just made him laugh, you know. <laughs> Why did you I, laugh? Uh, because I was like, she sucks. I mean, you know, she's ter she's terrible. You know, in my, in, she was terrible. Not that she, she sucks literally. No, yeah, right. But she was terrible. She was terrible. You know, and I'm like, wow. man, this girl. You know, she thought she had some skills. She don't know nothing. You know, well, most women do think they got mad oral skills, and they don't. So that's, right, that's exactly. But 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 the thing about it is, her reaction was so immediate and angry that I realized 
I had made a mistake. Mm. Be, but uh, that was my red flag was she thought that she was, you know, uh, gifted or whatever. And, and yep. she was and I insulted her and, you know, she didn't. <clears throat> she didn't, she, you know, she wasn't the type of person to say, oh, OK, well, if I'm not doing it to your to your liking, you know, what can I do to to make this better? You know, that's that's what happened yeah. with grown grown folk in a bed is if something is not to the other one's liking, you try to come to a compromise or you try to elevate the other one's game. Right. She was not going to be told that she was wrong or didn't know what the hell she was doing. She wasn't going to hear it. I already knew that. So I just had to come up with a cover story. And, you know, so anyway, especially in their mid 20s. Yeah, mid 20s, hey, hey, no exactly. woman trying to hear that. Nope. Exactly, nope. exactly, exactly. So move forward, you know, so we're kicking it. Now, no, no, one of the things people are asking is, you know, what initially it was protected. Okay. Uh, the other problem with being a, a player in the game and not being a player is you take other people's word for the mm. shit that they say. So, mm -hmm. you know, although I was protecting myself, you know, in discussion, you know, she said that she was on the pill. And so I had gotten so comfortable with our situation that I stopped bringing my personal protective equipment and I just relied solely on, you know, her. Um, mm -hmm.